Hello and welcome to the London Coronavirus Podcast, the original and only podcast of its kind, entirely dedicated to adding a smile to the surreal and offering a bit of good humour to offset the ghastly nature of this global event. On the pod today, we had all the usual treats, coronavirus confession, quarantine dream, global update and so much more. I was joined today for pod number 18, ladies and gentlemen, by a one-man metaphor machine and genuinely one of the nicest blokes I know, Mr. James Ware. James, I know that your Thursday was busy seeking goat yoga experts and getting a straight bat from pretty much every celebrity agent within the M25, but I hope your Friday has been suitably more fun, my friend. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm feeling a Friday feeling. Not really sure what that feeling is. But we're going to enjoy it. That's the spirit we're getting into, alongside the spirit actually in people's drinks cupboards, since it is the weekend. But yeah, enjoyed marking it with some new weekend specials on the show today. We had Weekend Wow Mm. and Weekend What. That's coming up on today's podcast. And I also revealed my strangest pandemic purchase so far. Looking forward to hearing what some of our legendary listeners have been pushed into buying that maybe they wouldn't typically be putting in their baskets, physical or digital, if it weren't for the situation. Well, we are here every single day on London Coronavirus Podcast. Enjoy the pod. As you know, I generally sit down after we record the podcast in the evening and edit it straight away, ready to upload first thing in the morning, right? But I made the mistake last night of starting Tiger King at about 11pm, which if you don't know and you've been living under a rock, it's a pretty popular Netflix show uh, for those that aren't aware. And oh, wow. I mean, very few things right now can push the London Coronavirus podcast down on my to-do list, but Joe Exotic and the gang did just that. And actually, I'm I'm not much of a series guy. Whenever people start talking about The Wire or The Crown, I usually kind of dip out of the conversation. But, oh boy, it was uh, really something special. So it did actually set my London Coronavirus podcast admin back a little bit this morning, James. But if that was a disruption to my daily order, I did find one thing that provided at least a smidgen of structure. You know those boxer shorts, the boxer shorts that say the days of the week on them? Yeah. Yeah, and they used to be a bit of a kind of joke purchase. But actually, I think now they're an urgent undergarment. And I bought a set online today because in this mad, mad world where there's so much time distortion, the people need precise pants. But I thought that it was just very... It's a really good market if you know which day of the week your pants are, then, then then you're at least half set. But listen, James, I'm sure you've got far better tactics than me for defining days of the week. I think it sums up how desperate we're all getting already, Dave, if boxer shorts are becoming a key mental crutch <laughs> rather than just a functional piece of clothing. I actually just had a shower having got back from my one run for the day and Thought, you know, I put on my pyjamas, but I put on some boxers underneath them. So it felt a little like I was getting dressed. And I put Business. on some <laughs> boxers that had ski runs on them. It has a piece map. And it suddenly struck me. It was one of those weird moments of reflection. It feels like stranger and stranger things are sparking them right now. And pants <laughs> was also the cause of me being sparked today. And I, I was looking at them and was like... Wow, I was actually meant to be working on a ski music festival this week. Oh, really? 
Yeah, not that many weeks ago, it looked like they were still going to find a way for it to go ahead. Mm. And now that is so unthinkable as a thing. But yeah. Like somehow I have this like existential pants moment staring at my ski boxer shorts and realising <laughs> that that was the closest I was going to get to a ski run. My legs weren't going to get any closer to the piece than that. And I think actually that we kind of, since it's for weekend, we owe it to ourselves to take half a step back because I think when we started recording this podcast, now over a couple of weeks ago, the biggest challenge for a lot of us was just sort of adjusting to trying to take this whole crazy situation in our stride. And I think it showed how amazing we are as humans at doing that, right? Mm. Like in not that long, suddenly this did just kind of become the new normal, as strange as it still feels. The way that we adapted to it was amazing. But I think that we're almost taking it in our stride too much and we should be allowed some moments just to stop and take half a step back. And I needed one of these moments this morning when I was doing a bit of morning research for the show over coffee number one of the day, that she navigational, I navigate my day via the drinks like sailors used to navigate via the stars. And <laughs> I was on coffee number one doing a bit of news research for the show. And I saw that the major news stories were in Mexico, they've stopped brewing Corona. Joe Exotic <laughs> of Tiger King fame the most unlikely of heroes for the most unlikely of times has been (laughs) hospitalised outside prison because he probably has coronavirus. Tomorrow, they're running the Grand National, the biggest horse race of the year here in the UK, as a virtual live computerised version you can bet on, on ITV. And Prince Charles opened a new hospital today, via video chat. He cut the (laughs) ribbon of a hospital over video chat. And I feel that one of the most extraordinary things about this whole whacked out experience is that looking at those headlines, without taking that half step back, I was like, oh, you know what? This is a pretty normal day by recent standards. And then the moment you take even the slightest shimmy away from where we are (laughs) right now, you're like, this is is the trippiest thing. Like, <laughs> like, how is that how we're wrapping up the week to go into the weekend? It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And, and James, you didn't even mention in there the fact that our Queen on Sunday night is going to address the nation, which you know, usually only happens at Christmas. And for her to do that outside of her Christmas speech is just highly unusual. And it's like that she needs this, you know, 90-something-year-old woman needs to address the nation and just restore a bit of calm. But... I think it, you absolutely have to deal with the macro and the micro, don't you? Because the micro, you have to live in the day-to-day just to survive. But sometimes you do have to zoom out a little bit and just see how quickly things have moved. And actually, when you talked about how well humans have done, I think that's probably not spoken about enough, James. And I think at times we need to cut ourselves a little bit of slack as mm. humanity because people have dealt with this. And I can only say from first-hand experience of walking around my area in London, But it's not anarchy on the streets. Yes, if you look for bad news, you'll find bad news. But 
people are generally being very polite, very civil and doing things in an ordered way and they're reacting as best they can to an absolutely insane situation where people's lives, emotional, physical, health, financial situation, everything about their lives has just been flipped in, in, in the blink of an eye. So I actually think that we've you know, I know there's there's a lot of tragedy associated with this event, of course, but I actually think as humanity, we're, we're doing the best we can right now, and maybe we need to cut ourselves a little bit of slack, and we will get through this because humans have overcome every single obstacle ever presented to, to us, and, and and so here we are as a, as a yeah, James, I'm, I'm backing humans to overcome this one as well. Yeah, I think we're all due on an individual level, a little weekend pat on the back, Dave, mm. in a sort of air from further than two metres away from anyone else if you're sort of patting anyone around you way. <laughs> Next up on the London Coronavirus Podcast, we have Coronavirus Confession. And today, Stefan the Sinner is back in the booth for the third time this week. Now, listen, <laughs> <laughs> listen... London Coronavirus Podcast and Stefan, we're in this together, James, as we are, of course, with all our listeners. But you'd have to say that Stefan has spent more time praying to the gods than Jack the Ripper right now. And he's come back into the booth again and he's in a safe place because, as always, we are not here to judge. We are merely here to listen. Windsor aware will listen to your sins, but but it is slightly unusual to have a sinner coming back for three days running. But that is the situation, James, and I hope that others do feel comfortable. Uh, so put that guillotine back in the shed, because without further ado, here is once again Stefan the Sinner in the coronavirus confession booth. Hi there, it's me, Stefan, again. So what I'm currently doing um, every evening, I set out two place settings for dinner. Uh, one obviously for me, and the other one for nobody so yeah that's basically my my life right now <laughs> wow <laughs> I, uh, i'm glad i've got a weekend coming up to recover from stefan becoming a hat trick hero on the coronavirus confession if i could reach across and hug stefan i would everything's gonna be okay he knows that i know that um, but, but listen, James, we all have lonely moments, whether you're living in a big family or with a boyfriend or girlfriend or you're alone, that there's going to be moments of either physical or mental isolation in this. And, you know, if, if Stefan wanted to put out another place setting for another uh, mythical, <laughs> mythical human, then who, who, who are we to judge? Yeah, I genuinely think, again, something that reflects quite how strange a situation that is that we're all facing right now. Hearing that, my first response was, that actually sounds like a really sensible coping mechanism right now. Like, under normal circumstances, that would be one of the most tragic omissions I'd ever heard. But right now, I'm like, you know what? I think Stefan might be on to that. I'd say, like, if he's got any, like, cuddly toys knocking around, and I know this isn't an advice corner, we're just <laughs> listening, Dave, but... but Agony on. I want to help, help Stefan in any way that I can, too. And, yeah, I, I think right now, you know, like, you can't have people over to dinner. If you can have 
even inanimate objects to share dinner with you if you find that helpful. I say right now, do it. I'd sign off on that. I think, Jase, perhaps we could introduce a new law to the coronavirus confession booth, and that is that if you make three appearances, you get a where's wisdom column, perhaps, where you're allowed to offer up your advice and words to the sinner. What do you reckon? Yeah, maybe even, like, if you do five, I think you actually get sent something, Dave. We'll have to see. I know supplies are limited on nearly everything right now, so novelty (laughs) gifts, booby prizes are not easy to come by. But I feel like if you rack up five appearances, then you deserve a physical object. But, yeah, it's my, my pleasure to present anyone who comes in for a third trip to the booth with the very little I have to humbly offer. So we're all looking for ways as we come to the end of week two of lockdown here to try to liven things up, right? I think as predicted, the first week was like, okay, I've got all these things I've been meaning to do and like saying these grand goals. Maybe that has slightly sailed off by week two. And it feels like the longer the time frame is with this, the more new things are going to have to be introduced to try to liven up what's a fairly rudimental routine right now. And I feel like the way that this is coming across for me is in some very strange buying decisions in what I'm calling, Dave, pandemic purchases. They're purchases that I never would have made without the pandemic. And my latest one of these, this is almost like consumer confessions, isn't it? It's like a (laughs) subset of the general confession. But my latest one of these was normally I'm someone who like never really cooks. Occasionally I cook myself Mm. some eggs or something. But I just never really do it because I feel I'm out and about or kind of on the move. So other than that, I never occur. And I think in terms of looking for the silver linings of this situation, one of the more immediately obvious ones for me has been having the time and the impetus and kind of being forced into a corner where I do have to cook more often and actually realising that the more and more I do it, the more I really enjoy it. And anyway, that prompted me last night to order a pasta maker. I've never made pasta before. I've never (laughs) bought a piece of kitchen equipment more sophisticated than a wooden spoon, but I've really (laughs) raised the stakes. And so I've got a sleek stainless steel pasta maker heading my way. And I'm going to be working through everything from linguine to tortellini and every eeny in between before and that's, the that's time quite is a, out. That's quite a leap, James, from eggs. I mean, before you, you, you said that you were cooking eggs, which again is a bit of a stretch on the term cooking, isn't it? So from cooking eggs to delivering full pasta dishes is, is quite something. But listen, I absolutely concur with you here because I've had a couple of purchases as well and that I definitely would not have made in the normal world. And I remember when I just touched back uh, back in London and about three days into this whole this whole mess, I bought, wait for it, well, I bought a volume of Nespresso pods. Do you want to know how many? Uh, can I have a guess? Yeah. I'm going to go for 48. 500. 
<laughs> How I long were I... you expecting the lockdown to last? Well, James, I just thought 500 Nespresso pods is actually not that much. This is genuine, by the way, because I just thought I have at least two coffees a day, right? And I would normally have one coffee at home and then one out and about in London. But okay. I was staring down the barrel. I thought maybe six, you know, who knows how long this is going to go on for. I don't want to speculate. So 500 espresso pods felt like a good purchase. And I actually feel comforted, James, knowing that I've got that volume of Nespresso pods tucked away in the drawer. So I guess I was hoarding them in some, some description. I also bought a two litre jug of water, uh, a two little jug. And it's because obviously I feel like I need to drink more water, but I've got the tap right there. I live in a small flat. I've got a glass. I mean, it's a totally unnecessary, decadent purchase in a time of kind of economic austerity. But again, just having that two litre jug next to the laptop, knowing that my water needs are being fulfilled instantaneously is a, is a great comfort to me. So I'm sure there's plenty out there, but that's just a couple off the top of my head of my uh, pandemic purchases. Yeah, I like the two litre jug in a time where lots of the things we're dealing with are hard to define precisely. The volume of water you drink can be one you can take control over. I'm, yeah. I am not the show psychotherapist, but I can see a little bit of what's going on there. Do you get a wholesale price if you buy Nespresso pods by the half grand day? <laughs> yeah, you basically buy them. I bought mine off Amazon by the hundred. So I bought five packs of a hundred uh, Nespresso pods. Uh, yeah, and I've, I mean, I'll send a photo, Jason. Maybe we'll put, even put it up on our Instagram at, uh, at London CB Podcast. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's an awful lot of Nespresso pods. Far too many, clearly, but, but there we are. Next up on the podcast, we've got Living the Quarantine. This is the section of the pod where we invite people to let us know exactly how they're coping, surviving and hopefully thriving when cooped up inside. And today we've got a quarantine from Hattie. And with the weekend ahead and lots of hours to fill without necessarily being able to do all the things that we want and usually do do in London and the United Kingdom, Hattie has come up with a, a really quite a charming alternative, I think. It's, uh, it, it's very good indeed. This is Hattie and her living the quarantine. Hi, my name's Hattie and I'm living the quarantine by watching reruns of classic cricket matches. I'm a big cricket fan and cricket, like most of the sports, has been affected by the pandemic. So there's no county cricket to be getting excited about. There's not a curtain raiser coming up at the village club. And the fate of the international games in the summer is looking pretty uncertain at the moment. So to fill this cricket-shaped hole in my life, I decided to rewatch some of the more fabled matches. Uh, I started with the Ashes 05 series because I thought, well, if I'm going to watch an entire series where I already know the outcome and the highlights, then... Why not make it a dramatic one with tons of highlights? And uh, yeah, so far it's very much done the trick at giving me that cricket fix that I was after. Uh, that's how I'm living the quarantine dream. Keep up the great work with the pod guys and stay safe. and live in the quarantine there was something even just hearing Hattie talk about that James it was quite soothing really wasn't it and I think we could all relate to whether it's a sporting event or a series about thinking that listen you've got the time to sit down and watch something from the start and to the end and there's something quite quite nice about that yeah it's like if you're into sport right now it's one big flashback Friday, isn't it? There's no <laughs> yeah. fast forward available. 
because <laughs> the future is looking more than a little uncertain right now as even announcements about Premier League football mm. and other sports today have shown. So it seems like indulging in the past, kind of sporting nostalgia is really back in vogue. Like retro sport yeah. is very much on the rise forcibly. And some of the things that you can do to entertain yourself this weekend, even if you're not into sport, Dave, I know there are more and more reruns of things being broadcast for people who need their sporting fix. But a couple that I think might help some of our listeners live the quarantine dream themselves this weekend include the world's first virtual dog cafe. There's a Dachshund dog cafe... <laughs> who are doing a virtual hangout over Zoom. You can Come find on. them on Facebook at Dachshund Cafe UK. On Facebook, and tomorrow, on Saturday, they're doing this virtual <laughs> dog cafe experience, including puppuccinos and pop cakes, which you can recreate at home, which sounds like... It's very bizarre, isn't it? That sounds like getting as close to a dog as you can without actually seeing a dog. I mean, I guess it's suitable for people with dog allergies too. So sorry, James. That's the beneficial could, side this. Can you just explain this to me? Sorry, James. When you say a dog cafe, are there holograms of dogs? Or are you just going into the ca- I don't get it. Yeah, there are real dogs, I believe, in the dog cafe. And you're okay. streaming... Via the magic of the internet, the world of Wi-Fi, you're finding yourself in the cafe with the dogs. That's one option. There's also been an ongoing live stream attempt out of Italy to break the world record for the longest continuous DJ live stream. Apparently, the record stood at 240 hours. And they're trying to break it with 340 hours and raising money as they go. But records, world records, one of very many things which I feel have been totally reconfigured by this whole situation, Dave. Because normally, if you beat a record that existed before by 100 hours... That would be standing (laughs) ovation time, right? That would be bravo from the gallery... But right now, they get to 340 hours and then just stop their live stream. <laughs> I can't be the only one who's thinking, you could probably get to 3,400 <laughs> hours. Like, times it by 10. Like, why stop a good thing when it's going, you know? Like, I feel like anyone going for any world record that's about duration right now, you don't really have any excuse for pulling up the drawbridge on it, do you? No, I think, James, at the end of all this, I think the question should be not how many world records were broken whilst everyone was locked inside. It will be, why weren't all the world records broken for everything whilst everyone was inside, right? We've got the time, folks. Let's let's send these records tumbling. I just, I, I don't want to, I just got to go back to the dog cafe thing, James, because I just can't yeah. let that, I can't let that sit. <laughs> Basically, I think, I'm a positive guy, yeah? And this is a positive podcast and people are allowed to spend their precious hours on this planet in whichever way they see fit. But tell me I'm not going mad, James. People are logging in to be inside of a digital virtual dog cafe. That, like, we got to stop somewhere, people. That's too much. That's insane. 
But I guess if what you're wanting to do is get as close to dogs as possible right now without being able to physically be there, it's the next best thing, isn't it? Much in the way like a yoga class streamed to your living room is not like an actual yoga class, but it's still like the next best thing. It's the best you can do under current circumstances. If you were someone, Dave who Hmm. had nine stamps on your dog cafe loyalty card. (laughs) You've been racking up your poppuccinos and you you have been desperately missing that these past two weeks. I reckon you'd settle for a live stream. (laughs) At this point, I just don't know what, what, what could happen next. So, James, I admire, as ever, your relentless waterfall of positivity, the definition of glass half full. And good luck to all of those who want to spend their Saturday on a live stream of a dog cafe. <laughs> ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> They're just getting sillier and sillier. <laughs> Who's locking into that? It's, <laughs> it's actually just like, how is that a thing? Oh, insane. <laughs> Trying to find ways to make the weekend still feel special and different from the rest of the week is something that I think we're all navigating as we go, let's say. Some of us may be struggling a bit more at times, but we're working as we go along, like everything that's been happening recently. And in the name of that, I mean, there were so many strange things today that I came across that I thought we should celebrate that specifically, Dave, and give our legendary listeners a little bit of an easier marker as we go into the weekend together, because it can be a bit of a day disorientation when you wake up on Saturday and you're trying to figure out how it's different. So this is a clear marker for us. It's a new little feature we've got here on London Coronavirus Podcast that's called Weekend Wow and Weekend What. And we're going to start with the Weekend What today, (laughs) which comes out of India, a country where they made a lot of news for entering the lockdown last week. And Mm. obviously a huge country to suddenly be on lockdown. But in India, two twins were born this week. And we've been speculating, haven't we, about the the baby boom, which Mm. might come nine months down the line after quarantine. Well, this is kind of a more immediate baby impact of people being born during quarantine. And this baby boy and girl, twins born in India, have been given topical if unusual names by their parents. They've been called Corona and COVID, local reports have (sighs) stated. They were born this week, and their parents, Preeti and Vinay, which you have to say are somewhat more typical names, Mm -hmm. like it's not like they have wacky names themselves, have told the Press Trust of India that the names Corona and COVID were chosen to symbolise triumph over hardship. Now, there's a photo here of the two babies 
One looks quite at peace with the world at generals kind of having a little power nap there. The other one, who I imagine must have got COVID, which is a substantially worse name. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely bawling their eyes out. I mean, they look like they they've just been informed of their name and magically are able to understand it, even fresh out of the womb. What's your take on that weekend walk, Dave? <laughs> I mean, James, if I thought live streaming a dog cafe was bizarre, then calling your twins COVID and Corona, I, 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 the only thing that I could... <laughs> each to their own, as always, thou shalt not judge. But the only thing I could say is I'm in a WhatsApp group with about one WhatsApp group I'm in. It's like 15 people, yeah, from university. Okay. And... And uh, this story was posted in there because it was quite a big story in the UK today. And why wouldn't it be? It's fascinating. Yeah. And literally everyone looked at it and someone just wrote, OK. And then someone else just write, wrote underneath it, not OK. And then no one else said anything the rest of the day. It was just such it is such a mad story that, um, that I just think it's, it's beyond reaction. Uh, but. You know what, James? Maybe I've got it all wrong. And my humble, our humble names of David and James are just boring, monotonous throwbacks to a pre-coronavirus world. And we should be embracing the ingenuity and creativity and triumph of the parents and, uh, and their offspring. Yeah, maybe we're just outdated. I mean, Corona, I think, has a ring to it. In 20 yeah. years' time, Corona will be quite a cool name, right? Sure, Like, sure. it won't have the direct association it does now. But COVID... I mean, mm. even if you forget what COVID actually is, to me, it sounds like a nickname for a convict. Like, yeah. that's what <laughs> I think of when I hear that name. So I feel sorry for them having that one. But if it's going to kind of symbolise hope in a sort of weird, you're named after a virus way, then I guess I'm all for it. <laughs> so that was our weekend what? How about our weekend Wow. Well, I said on the podcast last week, Dave, that the personal touch is, on the, for the time being, completely not a thoughtful expression. In mm. fact, doing things as impersonally as possible in a physical germ contact sense seems to be the most thoughtful way you can do things. But as ever here on London Coronavirus Podcast, I'm happy to... Tip my cap. I actually don't wear a cap while we're recording this, unlike Dave. He can do some remote cap tipping for me. <laughs> some work from home cap tipping. But I'm happy to remotely tip my cap and stand corrected. And I saw something today on a friend of mine's Instagram which showed that the personal touch, touch can still triumph even mm-hmm. now. They were brought by their neighbours a bottle of champagne and to make sure that the strictest social distancing rules were observed they brought it to them in the middle of the street but ingeniously in what was like a sparkling equivalent of the great escape had brought this rope that they tied around the champagne which was in a gift bag and then they lobbed a little stick on the end of rope up to the second floor window, the apartment where my friends lived. And then they were able to like, in a kind of Prosecco pulley system, (laughs) wheel in this champagne, open it, toast their friends, lower the open bottle back down. Their friends had glasses too. And then they could like 
share this glass of champagne that had been delivered as a present without even having to enter the building. I mean, it, that is textbook social distancing, personal touch delivery, and I would like to salute that as we ride into the weekend. Hey, hey. Next up on the podcast, we have a global update. The opportunity on the London Coronavirus podcast to touch in in different areas, cities, communities and countries across the globe just to see how everyone is coping really with this bizarre events. And today we're going to Australia and one of my very good friends, Mike. And James, you've been to Australia, you're friends with Aussies. You know that they, they like a drink, the Aussies. Fair to say? Mm, yeah, I, I would definitely second that one. <laughs> okay, so, you know, apart from the, the clear and, and very serious tragedy associated with this entire event is the fact that socialising, certainly in person, has pretty much completely gone out the window. And Aussie culture and, and a lot of Western culture does involve a Friday night drink and being social and going out to the centre of big cities. And that's gone. And Mike does a great job here, I think, of, of talking us through exactly how Aussies are coping with the situation as a whole and how they're coping with their loss of socialising. Mike doesn't have an Australian accent because he's a scouser, but he's lived in Melbourne for nearly a decade. And this is Mike with our global update. Hello, fellas. Mike here from Melbourne, Australia. Just ticked over 5pm down under, so I've logged off on the laptop, poured myself a beer, thought I'd say hello. Bit of a strange feeling, to be honest, as I'd, I'd normally, normally a big fan of the Friday drinks and I'd be usually around this time be making my way down to the, the local and settling in for the evening. But obviously that's not possible, the pubs are, the pubs are closed. More recently we've, we've enjoyed a few beers with friends instead, but Victoria is, is basically at stage four lockdowns now, so we can't leave the house and we, we can't have mates around for a drink either and until such a time that Boozing is deemed to be an essential service, so still fighting the good fight on that front, but can't see it happening anytime soon. You're probably you're probably well aware Aussies love a good drink, so it's been it's been quite tough here. People have, people have found it hard to to give away that social aspect of life, particularly through the week. Especially when you add to that, we we're seeing out the last few weeks of good weather and perfect barbecue conditions as well. So to not be able to socialise has really been a struggle. It was made worse when one of the big off licenses over here or uh, bottlers as I still refuse to call them. They recently imposed a limit on the amount of wine you could buy. So Aussies learned that they couldn't buy any more any, any more than 16 bottles at one time. So Gives a little bit of insight into the truly tough times that we're going through here. But uh, I think on a, on a serious note, everyone everyone is trying to keep their head up and, and make the best of it. Like the UK, everyone is embracing the, the likes of house party. Um, but this, so there's still a fair bit of virtual drinking and socialising going on. Lots of a boozy pub quizzes and, and everybody just generally trying to make the trying to make the best of it. So it's not the end of the world, but it's certainly a a big shift from from what Aussie culture is used to. Anyway, beer's getting warm. I should head off. Loving the pod, fellas. Really enjoying it every day. So keep it up, and hopefully we'll chat again soon. Take it easy. 
that was Mike in Australia, James. And listen, clearly, as Mike uh, made reference to, and as everyone's aware, there's far more important things than going to the pub on a Friday night, especially in this kind of situation. I think everyone is perfectly aware of that. But at the same time, socialising is a huge part of, of human behaviour, isn't it? And, and especially for Aussies. So you take that away and people are going to feel that shift and they are going to perhaps on a Friday, you know, they would have spoken to friends or offloaded some worries or concerns and that's not there anymore. So I, I do think that it is something to take into consideration, especially for those down under. Yeah, it's funny how every place has a different thing that's happened that's really made the situation hit home. Like it's mm. really sunk in. It pretty classic in Australia that that thing was not being able to buy more than 16 bottles of wine. But, so much. <laughs> but tailored to everywhere, I guess that. And yeah, the weekend options, I think we're all feeling are pretty limited. I mean, there were announcements even in the UK today that Sainsbury's are banning couples from shopping together, which Waitrose have already done. So mm. if you were a couple looking for a weekend date, the supermarket was really your only bet other than the pharmacy, which isn't the most romantic of venues <laughs> at the best of times. And now that's not even an option. And I totally understand why they're doing it. Mm. Like Mike was saying there, you know, like makes sense why they're bringing those rules in to try and keep up the best practices in terms of social distancing and hygiene in the supermarket. But certainly feels like the normal weekend avenues everywhere, whatever that looks like across different cultures, are being constricted. And we're having to improvise our own and, those over video call, again, they might be the next best thing, but they're definitely not quite the same, are they? However optimistic you, you look at them. No, I mean, I don't want to go too far down this alley, James, because I think you know what, what I think about it. And it is a very, very pale imitation of reality. And people are trying to make the best of a, of a bad situation. But and we spoke, I think, a few pods ago about the importance of eye contact. And it's just amazing how we probably take for granted the micro calibration when people are talking to each other in terms of facial expressions, mm. in terms of cues of when someone starts and when someone stops talking. And that is just all gone on those video calls. And uh, my personal experience of them is that anything over three or four people, it, it just doesn't work. Like, it's just rubbish, basically. So, um, I listen, everyone's got to do what they can to retain contact and stay in touch with people. Completely get that. But, um, my God, it'll be nice when the pub's open again. So now as we wrap the working week, it's time for our weekend warmer that is coronavirus kindness as we head towards the end of today's podcast. And today we've got two sporting specials to make up for the lack of actual weekend sport happening. We're going to try and compensate you in sporting kindness today. The first one comes to us from the UK, where a former professional javelin record holder for Scotland, James Campbell, completed a marathon in his back garden to raise money for the NHS. He described this as the best feeling, and the former Commonwealth Games athlete raised over £26,000 wow. by running the 26.2 miles in the six meter long area of his garden. He actually, weirdly enough, did this on his birthday, 
And his comment <laughs> afterwards was, what better way to celebrate my birthday than running up and down my garden for five hours? <laughs> it's definitely like an alternative, I guess, to some of the mm. more traditional birthday bashes. And then our second coronavirus kindness today, going for a double weekend whammy, comes from something I mentioned at the top of the show. It should, of course, be the Grand National this weekend, the biggest horse race in terms of public viewership and betting in the UK. They've obviously had to cancel that, but they're running this virtual computer-generated version, which they've used for the past few years to predict the winners with relative success. Anyway, they're running that live on ITV at 5pm tomorrow, and you can bet on it up to £10 a customer, and I like the occasional flutter on the horses. Mm. Now, normally... There's always a downside to that. But in what feels like a silver lining to the situation, this is going to be one bet that will be truly win-win. Because either you'll back the winner in this strange algorithmic race, or any profits that any of the bookmakers make are going to be going to NHS charities together. Oh, fantastic. It's really a win-win on the betting front for the Grand National for one year and one year only. We end every edition of the London Coronavirus Podcast with a quote, something to set you up for the next 24 hours. And James, I'm going to admit that I spent about 20 minutes today assessing different April weather forecasts because... (laughs) Listen, I, I actually, I usually either live in Argentina where it's basically sunny or in England where it's basically cloudy. But so I don't usually look at the weather because you don't really need to. But the mm. weather in April feels important. Now, no amount of sunshine is going to scratch the surface of some of the heartbreak that London, the UK and of course the world is experiencing. But in London, we are still allowed to go for a run and a walk whilst, of course, keeping within the government guidelines. So it is an opportunity to, to enjoy within the within the margins the weather this weekend, which is set to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, we Brits speak about the weather an inordinate amount, don't we, anyway? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like this, like some other behaviours, has only been amplified by being stuck indoors. Like, I don't think I've ever seen so much weather chat online rather than actually in person. But I've never seen the weather trend in quite the way it did today in advance. I mean, it was almost like we would do some kind of like natural event rather than (laughs) just a bit of sunshine. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm very much looking forward to it. It is supposed to be a cracker this weekend and we'll have a little walk in the park. And ended up on this quote, James, I've gone back to Winnie the Pooh, you'll be pleased to know. Oh, I've been waiting. Some weekend Winnie really sets the pulses racing. And back to Eeyore to say this. It never hurts to keep looking for sunshine.